Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today I have yet another question that is inspired by a real life situation and it is coming from the book club and the podcaster that I've mentioned in the previous episode. Her name is Francesca Amber and she has a podcast and a book club and I'm a part of it. And funnily enough, uh, in this month, they are doing a book on quitting emotional eating. And that's something I spoke about more extensively in my previous episode. So I'm still doing this book with them out of curiosity. And as I've mentioned earlier, I never stop learning. And this is one of those topics that I studied extensively. It was compulsory, I would say. I was in need to study this topic to cure emotional eating for myself. And I was really curious about that book by Alan Carr, The Easy Way to Stop Emotional Eating. And it is a good one, I must say, it is a good one. And in one of the Patreon podcast episodes, Francesca said, I wonder if I could be as addicted to healthy eating, healthy lifestyle and working out as I am to sugar and junk right now. <laughs> she said, imagine if I would be hooked on this healthy vibe. And she said that she always expresses admiration for the people that she sees wearing yoga pants and are holding smoothies in the morning while she's driving to get her McDonald's breakfast. And I thought to myself, you know what, I should do a separate podcast episode on that because what she's wondering about and thinking that it might be or it might not be, I have an answer to that. Yes, it is totally possible and I'm speaking about it from my experience that is longer than a decade. Actually, I should calculate how many years I am hooked on it and although my journey was not linear and my nutrition changed many, many times throughout my life, I still feel that by this age of 36 and having two small children, I'm in a fittest and healthiest state ever. And secondly, there is nothing that I miss from the foods that make me sick or I don't do well on. So I don't want to introduce any junk or any sugary products or anything that is shown very commonly as healthy food, but actually it is not or it does not suit my health goals. So to answer Francesca's question, I will be speaking as a nutritionist and as someone who works with the impact that our food and our lifestyle has on our body and health. So this addiction, I would not give this word a negative meaning. I think we are so brainwashed these days in both ways. So the first, I would say, line of brainwashing is that junk food or sugar or unhealthy eating patterns have somewhat a magical power to cure our discomfort 
And as I said, this is a brainwashing and it has nothing to do with the way we feel eventually. So it cannot alleviate our discomfort, stress, sadness, loneliness. Uh, it cannot negate the consequences of a stressful day. And we give it more meaning definitely than it has and what I liked in this book by Alan Carr is that he said that actually junk has no benefit whatsoever it is just literally in our head this is an illusion that we have and we need to get over basically and if we drop this idea that unhealthy foods or cakes or some celebration meals or unhealthy foods of any kind basically have some benefit on our emotional state, we literally can reclaim our freedom back. So in one of the podcast episodes that I had, I have explained how we get, I would say, conditioned to treat sugary foods as something that is so magical and comforting because from the early childhood, we're giving candy if we had a bad day, if we had a stressful day, if we have been good, <laughs> we are given sugar as a treat. So, of course, we have this, I would say, distorted perception of the junk food and the sugary foods. But there is also another line of thought that I have noticed that is going on in the media. And I think that, unfortunately, it has some business potential as well. There are some um, influencers or just Instagram accounts that build their image on this thought. And this thought is that anything healthy is destructive. They name it a diet culture. <laughs> and it literally blows my mind. Whenever I read a post saying that, oh, please don't make sugar as an enemy, um, it creates emotional eating, I think to myself, you know what, you probably haven't read enough of the scientific data on sugar to have the audacity to make this statement. I'm sorry, I will be truly honest with you guys. So whenever you, for example, Google addiction to healthy lifestyle, it instantly gives you the results for articles saying something like, oh, you know what, there is this thing called orthorexia, where people become obsessed with picking healthy foods, and they are addicted to healthy lifestyle in the same way they are addicted to gambling or alcohol, and um, it blows my mind as well. I don't consider myself as having orthorexia, but you know what, guys? As a person who has undergone PCOS, digestive nightmare, acne that I had no idea how to cover with the makeup, and honestly, the idea 
of <laughs> putting something that is concealer-like to all of your face to have sort of the effect of a second skin does not appeal to me. I want to have a normal, healthy skin. Yes, we all have pores, but you know what? If I have acne going on on my face that embarrasses me and limits my confidence, I'm not okay with that. And as a person who has been in those states of health and having experienced the life without these health conditions, yes, I am a bit obsessed with picking healthy foods because even though I don't eat perfectly healthy 100% of time, I will be honest with you, there are some situations where it is not possible or where the day is so rough that I would make some sort of mistake. For example, I might have my dinner too late or I might snag because I'm too hungry to wait until my main meal and then it knocks off my appetite for the main meal. There are days where things might go wrong, but nevertheless, I do care about what I put into my body and I will tell you why. First of all, I care about my health and I have awareness about how foods affect my health. Secondly, the health of my body affects my mental strength and my capacity to tolerate stress. So if I would choose, for example, two ways of living, if, for example, I would not gain any weight <laughs> from any foods, from bakery or sugar, you know, some people have that metabolism where their body is not that efficient to store fat. Yes, there are some lucky people like that, but they do pay a price. Uh, they nevertheless have some health problems if they do not adhere to healthy eating. So if I would have a body like that and I would not have a motivation to, for example, maintain my weight, you know what? I would still eat healthy because the benefits that you feel throughout the day when you start your day with a healthy breakfast, for example, and I don't mean it in that way that your lunch can be anything because you had a healthy breakfast and that's the only thing that matters. No, that's not my idea at all. But when you start with a healthy meal in the morning, you are so susceptible to feel the difference you have more energy and better focus and emotional strength than you had before having that meal. And that's the most important criteria of healthy eating. And if you have, for example, McDonald's breakfast that Francesca Amber has, well, not so often nowadays, but she said in her podcast that she has it quite often, sorry, she had it quite often in the past before reading that book by Ellen Carr. So if you have that breakfast, your enjoyment lasts for only about, I would say, 10 minutes while you are having that breakfast. And I hope you had a good dose of caffeine to keep you going back from McDonald's to your house or to the office because that sugar crush that usually follows 
after having sugar or junk food, it basically will deprive you of alertness and focus and good mood that morning or that day. So to sum up, yes, I would choose healthy eating for sure. And in this episode, I want to break down the ways that healthy food affects your health and keeps you quote-unquote hooked on healthy eating. So overall, we are quote-unquote hooked on eating healthy foods through a combination of physiological and psychological factors. I want to start with the first one, which is nutrient satisfaction, I would say, and satiety. So healthy foods are nutrient-dense and they provide the body with essential minerals, vitamins and macronutrients that all together contribute to the feeling of fullness and satisfaction. It is a very simplified explanation But what is really going on is a complex process in your body where it registers that it has received a nourishment and healthy foods are by no means is what mother nature has designed for you to consume. (laughs) So this is a drastic distinction between healthy foods and junk. So... If you speak about junk food or unbalanced diet overall, that is one of the core reasons why people have constant issues with appetite and cravings. Junk food does not satisfy hunger as well as the healthy foods because the nutrients there are not balanced. Most junk food normally provides too many carbohydrates, too much fat, most of those are not the healthy type, and a lot of salt. All of that does not satisfy your hunger. So, for example, if we take McDonald's breakfast, if we are having a breakfast that provides loads of calories, it does not necessarily mean that your hunger will be satisfied because your body is registering that it needs to receive certain amount of micro and macronutrients and phytochemicals. When you're eating junk, it does not happen. So your body is not able to produce the hormone that is signaling satisfaction all because you have not received the required amount of the needed nutrients. And to top it up, processed foods and sugar strips your body reserves of important micronutrients that you already have in your body, for example, B-group vitamins. So if you adjust your diet so that you get enough to cover your nutrient needs and If you get necessary foods in the right amounts, you will be able to get and stay satisfied and fuller for longer periods of time and to truly nourish your body without having any cravings. And when the body receives the nutrients it needs, it is so much less likely to have any cravings for additional food, especially the wrong unhealthy kind. And you just overall do better on it. I want to quickly tell you a story about my 
experience when I needed to follow a certain diet. It was a vegan, very strict vegan diet for a couple of days for religious purposes. For those of you who don't know, well, you can certainly hear that English is not my first language. My ethnicity is Russian, but I was born in Latvia, so I don't come from <laughs> Russia. And in my other half, I am Ukrainian. My mother is Ukrainian. So we are Orthodox by religion. Uh, well, I'm not that religious, but it was during the time when I was forced by my parents to observe this diet. <laughs> and I must tell you, well, I have very strong opinion about vegan and vegetarian diets. It is through my, again, education, personal experience, people I see, clients I talk to. So that is, again, probably a topic for a separate standalone discussion. But, well, in short, vegan diets are not good for me. I do not do well on them at all. And I remember on that day, I was allowed to eat some vegan foods. I was 18 at that time. And I remember I ate so much oats porridge for breakfast and I was so hungry. And... I remember that there was a pot of this oats porridge left in the kitchen. So the next time I felt hungry, I again, I ate this oats porridge. And I think that day I ate, well, I don't know, I'm afraid to count how many grams of porridge. And it was so many calories, but still I was so hungry. I was so so, so sleepy. I could not wake up at all. And at that age, I was not drinking coffee or black tea or hot chocolate to feel a bit more awake. And that was such a good example for me because probably I was not, well, not probably, but certainly I was not getting enough of the nutrients in the right ratios that I needed from that oats porridge and because probably there was little amount of protein that that porridge had and because that plant-based protein is not comparable to the animal protein I could not get that satisfaction but I ate more and more and more of that porridge so that I could get at least some amount of protein. To be honest with you guys, if your diet is low in protein, that is a very dangerous venture. And that is why vegan diets are so not for everyone. And many of the people switch back to eating meat and animal products such as fish, eggs, whatever they fancy. It really is personal, but I know a lot of people who switch back there are very few people in the world who do well on vegan diets. Please remember that vegan diet is not the golden standard of a healthy eating way. That's just a side note that I had to make. So you see, when you are getting enough of the nutrients that you need in the right ratios, you are less likely to have cravings and just chew and <laughs> munch all day long 
And of course, if you feel satisfied, you are so much more likely to get hooked on this way of eating because the true purpose of our food is to satisfy hunger and provide nourishment. And our body responds really well to the foods that do that. The next one, very quickly, because I have a whole separate episode on that, is blood sugar regulation. Healthy foods which do not increase your blood sugar too high and do not have any source of added sugar or hidden sugars or any other ingredients that also increase your blood sugar. There are so many of them nowadays. Oh my God, it it just gets me thinking that humankind is literally trying to kill itself. So if you eat foods like that, this will prevent the rapid spike and then crash in your blood sugar, which then often leads to cravings for sugary foods and processed foods and increased overall appetite. This way of eating is very sustainable. It is something that we are designed to do. And that is why you can certainly do it long term. I have a very big, extensive experience in living a sugar-free life. And I must say, once you switch you never go back. It is just something that does not appeal to you. Whenever you feel this dramatic difference in the way you feel, the way that your brain is functioning, you lose the interest in having those candies and chocolates and anything that spikes your blood sugar, really. So that is how you get hooked on this sugar-free living and healthy eating diet as well. Another great factor that I want to mention, and I need to make a disclaimer because this is a huge topic. And in the recent years, there has been a dramatic research breakthrough in this area. And there are so many books, there are expensive courses uh, available on the internet. And I encourage you to go and educate yourself. Even if you read a small article, I can drop one in the description to this episode so that you can just click on the link and have a read about it. It is your gut microbiome. It is so much influenced by the foods that you eat. Basically, food and our diet and what we put into our body is the most influential factor that affects our microbiome. And unfortunately, unhealthy foods like sugary and processed products, as well as alcohol and antibiotics, can disrupt the balance of your gut microbiome. And these foods might encourage the growth of the less friendly bacteria, which potentially affects your digestion and overall well-being. And I will explain how. So when our diet is healthy, it supports the health and diversity of our microbiome. When our microbiome is healthy, it has been linked to reduce cravings for unhealthy foods and increased preference for nutritious, healthy options. 
And when a gut microbiome is affected and some unfriendly bacteria starts to overpopulate the gut, this leads to, on the contrary, to more cravings of those unhealthy foods because it is their fuel. It is what they thrive on. We have also a so-called gut-brain connection. So the processes that take place in the gut affect your entire body, including your hormones. And those hormones also regulate your hunger and satiety and food preferences as well. Not only that, but the gut microbiome also produces and responds to various neurotransmitters and signaling molecules that your brain uses to regulate your mental processes and your mood. Those include serotonin, dopamine and GABA. You probably heard of those. These are currently very popular on the media and many people are talking about it. So some people also call them the happiness hormones. And there is a great book, by the way, called The Happiness Hormones. And it explains how we can boost those hormones in a natural, healthy way. These chemicals can affect mood, sleep, your circadian rhythm, your emotional state, your tolerance to stress, and your feeling of joy and happiness and satisfaction, and your appetite regulation as well. So, of course, if your gut microbiome is healthy, you will feel better and in return, you will crave more and more of those nutritious options, which are healthy. So that is how you get hooked on healthy eating as well. And let me throw you a couple of examples. First of all, is something that you can ask yourself. For example, if you were ever prescribed a course of antibiotics... Well, I'm not against them. Some people are. In certain situations, they are by no means life-saving. So if you ever recall that your doctor has prescribed you antibiotics and by the end of that course, try to remember what you craved. It is so hard generally to eat healthy and to choose healthy foods when you're taking antibiotics because antibiotics not only kill the bad bacteria, but the good bacteria as well. When your gut microbiome is affected, it absolutely affects your food preferences. By other example, I want to mention something that, again, my favorite Francesca Amber said in one of her main podcast episodes. It was, I think, in January this year, and she said that throughout the whole December, well, first of all, it, it is a Christmas time and many people indulge in all those sugary treats and some baked stuff and chocolates. So she did that. And she also said that she was very stressed out and stress also affects gut microbiome. So in January, she said that she was craving so much of those junk foods and sugar. And probably you can now, after listening to what I have said before, you can connect the two. I would say on this particular 
real life case that Francesca's microbiome was so affected that the bad bacteria started to overpopulate and it started dictating her appetite and food preferences and it was really hard for her to switch to something healthy because it's kind of a you know in the beginning you are battling with your body you need to I would say take the rain and stop listening for a moment to what your body is saying to you and stop being the puppet. You take control and you say, you know what, I will tell you what you will eat. (laughs) This is what you need to do at the beginning. Some people might call it a bit drastic, but you know what, those people probably never had any health conditions Very similarly is with the people who drink alcohol regularly. I am so happy that now alcohol is losing its glamorous face. And there are so many accounts on Instagram, for example, where people are dropping alcohol completely and they show the before and after pictures and how their life has changed. It is certainly worth exploring. I'm happy to announce that I am five months alcohol-free. This is the decision that I've made and I would also like to speak about it in a separate podcast episode in future. I have noticed from my clients who are not alcohol-free and they do drink alcohol regularly, it is harder for them to stick to healthy foods they really often have cravings and you can just compare the two people and my clients send me their um, food and lifestyle diary so that I could track what is happening and going on and if you compare the food diary of a person who's not drinking alcohol and I had those people as well and a client who drinks alcohol regularly, you can immediately see the difference in their food choices. It it just becomes harder for those people to stick to healthy eating because alcohol absolutely destroys your gut microbiome. It also strips your body of valuable nutrients that it usually stores or cannot store. So for example, if you take, let's just say, big group vitamins which your body cannot store apart from the b12 vitamin your body will lose all of that valuable stuff if you have alcohol that day b group vitamins are water soluble and it means that we lose them through our urine but we don't lose that much of those vitamins if we don't drink alcohol And by doing so, we give our body an opportunity to actually take advantage of those vitamins and utilize them for the intended purposes. So to sum up, if your gut microbiome is healthy through healthy eating, it will be easier for you to stick to healthy eating in the long term. 
The next one is I would call positive reinforcement. It is when people experience those benefits of eating healthy as increased energy, improved digestion, better mood, better sleep. Their brain will associate those positive outcomes with something they've done, which in this case will be the way of eating. So this positive reinforcement also strengthens the desire to continue making these healthy choices. The next one is the next level, I would say. This is a habit formation. So in the beginning, when you are switching from unhealthy, unbalanced way of eating to healthier eating, you are making more effort, I would say. Although it depends. Some people have very easy, smooth transitions. And I've seen that in my client work as well. But overall, what happens to all of us, we form new habits. If you do something consistently and regularly enough, you form your new habits and your future actions become automatic. So if you consistently choose healthy foods, it creates a habit that becomes automatic. And as the habit solidifies, you may find it easier to resist any unhealthy cravings or choices and opt for nourishing options instead. Although I need to correct myself, you will not have cravings when you are on healthy eating. So if you have cravings and you are eating healthy, there are certainly other factors that we need to look at. If you were eating healthy at all, so we need to check that. If you were sleeping enough, maybe you were stressed out in a recent time, or you took some sort of antibiotics, some sources of meat contain antibiotics and when an animal is fed with those antibiotics uh, to treat a disease, some animals are really <laughs> kept in cruel conditions. So that is why I always recommend my clients switching to organic meat. If you consume that meat of an animal, which was fed with antibiotics, you receive that dose of antibiotics to your body, probably a lower dose than that animal was fed, but still, and it affects your microbiome. So there are factors that can be looked at, but generally, if everything is healthy, everything is balanced, I cannot even remember, for example, from my own personal experience that I have a craving. I would go to a shop, for example, where there were cakes, um, some unhealthy stuff uh, just, you know, laid out on a counter and I would be indifferent. I, I still am now. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. And that is something that my clients also are surprised about. Uh, that is something that they report about three to four weeks into changing their diet. And it is certainly a very positive change. And similarly with exercise, I am now in that stage in my life where I can certainly say that for me to 
exercise is easier than not to. And if I'm completely short of time, I will just exercise for 15 minutes. And this is, again, one of those things that you can get hooked on in a positive way. People tend to feel very good after exercise and It is, again, due to a combination of physiological and psychological factors. So, first of all, you may have heard that your body releases happiness hormones when you are exercising and after the workout. These are endorphins. Well, this is not, strictly speaking, a hormone, but it acts as a hormone. So, let's call it a hormone. So, endorphins, dopamine serotonin and other hormones. These chemicals interact with the brain's receptors and they reduce pain, they enhance mood and create just that overall sense of pleasure and joy and reward. Secondly, it reduces stress. I can tell you from my experience that the moment I hit my mat and I start working out, I just feel different. My head, my brain (laughs) feels different. The thing that could stress me out prior seems not that important, I would say, as it was after I started exercising. It certainly helps reduce the levels of stress. For example, cortisol gets out of the body when you move. It is the way, again, we are designed by nature. So we cannot avoid all the stress But if we are exposed to the stress, one of the ways that we can counteract the negative downsides of it is to move. Because cortisol, as well as other stress hormones, prepare us to run away from a wild animal or to fight it. And if we just sit here at our desk and do nothing... All these stress hormones stay in our body. So, of course, if you let them out, you will absolutely by no means feel better, lighter in your head. You just get that headspace, I would say. I also noticed that I'm so much calmer and more relaxed on those days that I exercised. The next one is improved blood flow. So exercise increases blood flow throughout the body, including the brain. This improved circulation delivers more oxygen and nutrients to your brain cells, and it promotes cognitive function, mental clarity, which all contribute to positive mood as well. And speaking about brain health, regular physical activity has been linked to improved brain health, including your mental well-being, cognitive function, memory, and just ability to focus. And again, these positive effects also contribute to a positive mood. So I hope now you can see how all these factors get you hooked on healthy eating and exercising in a positive way. So yes, to answer the initial question, yes, you can absolutely get hooked on that. And trust me, it is not something momentarily. It is not something that you feel today or lose tomorrow. It is something that we are all born with. We are not designed to eat foods that are manufactured on a factory. And I absolutely disagree with anyone who says, oh, you know what, 
for example, I'm having these PMS cravings or I'm pregnant, that's why I have cravings for, I don't know, crisps or candies or croissant because my body is demanding it. No, I absolutely disagree with that. Your body is not demanding it. You have been brainwashed at some point in your life to believe that junk food or sugary stuff has some magical powers or your microbiome might get so affected that your harmful bacteria is now dictating your food preferences. I would not be fooled by that. We are not designed to stay healthy on those foods. We are designed to eat whatever grows and the animal foods as well. Sorry, I'm not a vegan advocate. The animal foods as well is something that has been in our diet for millennia. So we are basically going back to our original state. We're going back to the basics. It is something that gives health and vitality to our body and it can reverse our health conditions and we can reclaim our health back. I hope this podcast episode was helpful and valuable for you. Let me know if you agree with my statements in this episode. As always, I would so much appreciate if you took some time to leave me a rating and a review, if that is possible. This helps other people to discover this podcast and get the valuable insights as well. As always, I am open to receiving your questions and if you have any topic requests as well, if you'd like me to make a podcast episode on something that is of interest to you, please please message me or email me. I wish you a wonderful, happy and healthy week and I'll see you all next time. Bye!